another edition of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. It's March 17th, a special St. Patrick's Day edition of Locked On Lightning today. So the top of the morning to all of you that are braving the quarantine that is currently going on for a lot of people today um, and for this entire week. Unfortunately, we have no hockey until further notice with the cancellation of the, of the NHL season, as most of you probably know by now. But that doesn't mean we could go back. Uh, doesn't mean we can't go back and discuss past games. So on today's episode, we'll be discussing games one and two of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals, where your Tampa Bay Lightning took on the Calgary Flames. And, you know, we're going to discuss a little bit about, you know, what happened leading up to that series. Of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the New York Islanders, Montreal Canadiens, and the Philadelphia Flyers and to advance to that finals. Whereas Calgary uh, came out of the Western Conference and beat the top three-seeded teams. They beat the Vancouver Canucks, the Detroit Red Wings, and the San Jose Sharks. Now, up until that point, um, the, the Lightning didn't really have much of a taxing playoff run, you know, other than the Flyer series. They, you know, granted, you know, those games weren't easy by any stretch. But at the same time, they weren't really long series, you know. The Islander series, they won that four to one. The Canadian series, they swept that one. And really, only the Flyer series was the one that went to Game uh, Seven. Whereas, you know, the uh, the Calgary Flames uh, defeated the Vancouver Canucks in seven games. Uh, they they went they took the Red Wing series to six, and the same with the San Jose Sharks series. And Calgary is actually the first team. Uh, since the Vancouver Canucks at that point in 10 years to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, it's not very often you see a Canadian team go to the Stanley Cup Finals or make really a deep playoff run these days. You know, maybe in the future we'll see a Canadian team, preferably out of the West, uh, you know, of course, because you want to see the Lightning make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and have a chance to lift the cup. So, you know, it'd be kind of a a cool thing to see um, them maybe play a team like maybe Edmonton or, you know, even... I don't think Vancouver will have a chance, especially with the way uh, the, the season might play out when it does return. It looks like they'll just go to the playoffs. And speaking about that, let's just talk about that real quick. Uh, there was I saw something online that if the league went straight to the playoffs instead of playing the remaining games that they had in the regular season, that they would have like a 24-team uh, uh, setup in the playoffs, which... I'm not really a fan of just because if, you know, it kind of take, you know, the, the, the Stanley Cup finals are Stanley Cup playoffs are really, you know, it's a special thing, you know, only certain amount of teams get in, you know, it's the best teams. And I'm not saying, you know, those teams, you know, that don't make it aren't necessarily good. You know, there are every year a number or even a handful of teams that, you know, are good. They just, you know, aren't good enough to get into the playoffs. So having, you know, a 24 team setup kind of takes away the, I guess it doesn't make it as special, if you want to say it that way. It doesn't really make the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs as special. Uh, so hopefully they, you know, they just keep it to the regular format. At the same time, you know, it'd be unfortunate for a lot of teams that are, you know, we're making a run for it and we're pretty close to those last playoffs, playoff uh, spots as the season uh, was coming to a close. So, We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they just keep it, you know, regular playoffs. There's not really that many games left anyways in the regular season, so I would like to see them just finish the season and maybe just, you know, unfortunately, you want to have teams have, like, certain uh, amount of days off between games in the playoffs, but at the same time, you know, they're under a crunch and 
you don't want them to have a shortened off season. Or maybe what they could do uh, if they want to, you know, kind of have the season, the the playoffs, the season and the playoffs run into maybe uh, the end of June and beginning of July. Maybe um, not have uh, as many preseason games, or maybe start the season a little bit later, and then maybe in the second half of next year. They kind of play, don't, don't have as many uh, off days, but that's a long ways down the road. We're just focusing on day-to-day right now. Um, I will update you guys as I learn more uh, uh, about that stuff going forward. So let's jump right into uh, the first two games. So I found these games on YouTube. I didn't really watch mu- much of game one just because, um, you know, game one was in Russian. You know, I couldn't really find an English version of game one. Ironically, these all these games were um, the were I could only find the broadcast from hockey, the Hockey Night in Canada um, broadcast that was the uh, this was on on YouTube. If you find if anyone out there finds a separate broadcast, maybe preferably from I believe I think these games were televised on ESPN at the time or maybe ABC, actually. So um, if you guys find a broadcast. From that, I would love to see it just to, you know, get a different perspective and, you know, because sometimes you kind of want to change it up um, with the broadcasters. I'm not saying that these guys were were not good, but, you know, I just want to get different opinions about how the games were going from different broadcasters. So that's how I really like to approach uh, hockey games. Sometimes even when I watch the Lightning, depending on the opposing team, I'll listen to the opposing team broadcast just to see what, you know, their opinion of the game is going on. So, you know, it's always good to um, get a different perspective when you're, especially when you're watching a sport. So moving forward, um, yeah. So let's just talk about game one pretty quick, uh, briefly. So Flames won that one, four to one. Uh, Dave Andrzejczyk, uh began the game with 634 career goals with the Stanley Cup Finals appearance. Um, I didn't realize that I that Dave Andrzejczyk had that many goals up until that point in his career without a Cup Finals appearance. Um, for some reason, I knew obviously he played with the Devils, but for some reason, I don't remember him. Um, for some reason, I thought he was on those Stanley Cup teams with the with the Devils. Obviously, he wasn't. But yeah, um, this was a pretty uh, nitty gritty game. the The thing that I forget about hockey at that point in time, as compared to how the game is played today, is that this was more, especially with you know John Tortorella being the head coach of the Lightning. Um, more of an offensive-minded game from both teams. Uh, you know, it was – you didn't really see a lot of flashy passing or – no, not a lot of shooting. Like, granted, Calgary won the game 4-1, but they only had 19 shots on goal, uh, which is, like, a pretty pretty impressive stat to have, you know, especially when you win the game like that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's not so much a testament to – you know, not poor goaltending on the lightning perspective, uh, lightning side, but it was more so, you know, Calgary was making the most out of their opportunities. And I always preach that on, you know, my past episodes when I was talking about recaps of past lightning games is that, you know, it, you could have, it doesn't matter if you have 35 shots or 15 shots on it. If you're taking advantage of scoring opportunities that are given to you or that you're creating, um, and there's good shots on net, then you're going to be fine. Obviously, you know, on the other side of that, I've also said at certain times that good things will happen if you, you know, you pepper the, the goalie uh, with with shots. Of course, that's going to happen. You know, um, 
but it seemed like, especially with these two goalies in this series, and it seems like this is how it's kind of go going forward, is that they don't they don't really allow a lot of uh, rebounds. You know, uh, it seemed like they they smother a lot of pucks um, on a lot of these shots, the, and that obviously cuts down the 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 chances for you know rebound rebound put-ins by uh, the the attacking team. And I'm going to talk about just one play in this game that stuck out to me from what I was able to watch was the first goal of the game uh, early on. It was it was uh, by Calgary. It was a very um, it was by Martin Galinas, you know, and apologize, apologies to anyone listening to this who, you know, I'm not pronouncing the names right. I'm not good at pronouncing certain certain names. Uh, it's just not something that, you know, comes easy to me. But anyway, so, yeah, the, the Martin Galinas uh, goal that happened early on in the first period, uh, it was just a very, you know, uh, crappy way for the Lightning, you know, to start off the game. Unfortunately, it was one of those um, goals where, the goaltender just lost sight of the puck, and it just trickled in um, pretty much by itself in a way. I mean, yeah, he was also trying to make the save, but and it looked like, um, from what I saw, he kind of kicked it in himself, which is, yeah, you, you, especially in the first game of a Stanley Cup Finals, when you're trying to get on, when you're trying to start the series on a good note, especially at home, it's it's kind of a deflating play um, for and a deflating goal to happen against you, but that's the way it happens. That's some. That's the way hockey happens sometimes, and you're just gonna have to, um, you're just gonna have to adjust to it, and you know, have a short memory and just play the game that got you there. So you, just, you know, that's something that if you're watching this this series with a fresh set of eyes, you know, where you haven't really watched this series. I was only 12 years old when this series happened, so you know. I don't, there's certain things that I don't remember, you know, there's obviously being 12 years old and sometimes these games happening during the week. Um, you know, sometimes I wasn't able to watch, you know, the games to their, uh, completion just because, you know, having school early the next morning, my, my parents weren't gonna, you know, let me watch those, stay up and watch those games late, but moving on. So the thing, what I'm going to be doing in future episodes when I speak about this, uh, when I recap these games, is that I'm going to talk about these as if I've never watched some of them. Like I just said, I haven't watched all these games to their completion. And yeah, it's been almost 16 years since this, this series happened. So, you know, it's there's going to be a lot of things that I don't remember, and I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans don't remember. Um, the one thing that shocked me, um, just because, especially in the playoffs and uh, Stanley Cup Finals, especially, is that you really expect the 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 refs to kind of let these two teams play. And yeah, of course, you know, it being the early two thousands, it's if you look at this, if you compare this this game and how the style of these two teams and you know just how the game was played itself compared to you know modern day hockey, um, it was really it was really a way more physical game. You know, there was a lot more hard hitting. A uh, lot, lot, of, lot of just really just rough and tumble hockey, you know, just old school hockey that you really don't see so much as now. That now it's more of a finesse game, more of a uh, you know a skill type player game. You don't really see a lot of hard hitting. Yeah, there's still some of those players in the NHL today that you know really play that style of hockey. Still, you know, the Sedano Charas and the Milan Lucic, and so you know um, it, it's kind of a refreshment, refreshing to see how the game used to be played. So this was actually one of the cool things to see um, rewatching these games. And but yeah, the the refs you would think that you know they would let these two teams play and yeah let them get away with a little bit here and there. But 
you know, there's there's eleven penalties total in this game. You know, even for a Stanley, even for a regular hockey game, that's still pretty high. Um, and nothing really major um, in this game. You know, just your standard uh, roughing and high sticking calls and hooking. Um, yeah, there was a couple. There was an interference, and you know, there was that um, unsportsmanlike conduct call in the third third period. And you could just probably just looking at the the penalty summary sheet that that's just chalked up to you know the intensity and sometimes guys letting um their emotions get the best of them in the moment so like i said when i started off the summer you know um the 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 calgary flames take game one in tampa four to one uh and you know it's very important uh especially no matter what kind of hockey is being played or even what sport it is that you know um in a seven game series you you don't want to go down to nothing um, just because, you know, it's then, especially if you're the home team in the first two games, just because then you're going to have to go back to the opposing teams, opposing teams, uh, you know, building and try and win two in a row to kind of tie things up. And that's especially hard, you know, in the playoffs with, you know, the intensity of the fans and, you know, just having that home ice advantage. So that was, that, that would definitely be a, a challenging thing for the lightning if they were to lose game two going but you know what? The Lightning pulled it together. And I have to say, just from watching this complete game, the thing that really stuck out to me and kind of looked like it, uh, the Lightning kind of helped, kind of helped the Lightning going forward in this game was the fact that the intensity of the crowd, the crowd was absolutely ridiculously loud. You know, there was, all, there were certain moments during the game where if you're just focusing on the broadcast and if you're just listening to the commentators, there are certain times where the commentators have to raise their voice a little bit just because they have to, it's so loud in the building. So that was definitely a good thing to see that, you know, the Lightning fans, of course, you know, especially since this is the first Stanley Cup finals that the team has appeared in, of course, they're going to be psyched. But at the same time, you know, to see those fans go out in full force and just absolutely lose their minds is something, you know, that you definitely definitely want to see out of your home fan base. So uh, the Lightning jump out to a one nothing lead in the first period uh, by a Ruslan Fedotenko goal assisted by Yazin Kulamore and Vinny LeCavier. And I have to say, um, you know, it's only been, I want to say maybe 10 years. I think LeCavier retired in 2010. I could be wrong, but I forgot how much of a horse Vinny LeCavier is. Uh, and, you know, how great, not besides, you know, his puck handling skills and his ability to put the puck in the back of the net, but just, you know, how, how his ability to lay on the body, how he could pl- have those two sides of the game, you know, um, in a player like that, who's, you know, he's a, he's not a small player by any means. He's a big guy. And to be nimble like that, there's this move. um, If you want to go back and watch the game, I very much suggest you should just because just for this one move, I believe it's in the first period. Yeah. It's actually on the Fedotenko goal. So LeCavier has the the puck behind the net. Um, I'm not, I don't really remember off the top of my head who the defender was. But LeCavier has his back to the net, and he's facing me on boards. And he does this move where he – so if you're facing you – now, just try and bear with me. Try and use your imagination. So you're, Vince, you're Vinny LeCavier, and you're facing me on board. So your back is completely to the net. And he fakes going to his left, and he deflects the puck off the back of the net where it ricochets off and he goes to his right and catches it right there, basically passing the puck to himself, which is an incredible move. Um, I don't think I've haven't, I haven't seen any like uh, a hockey move like that in maybe a while. You know, you'll, if you play uh pickup hockey, which I do, 
Um, you'll see stuff like that all the time just because it's one of those atmospheres where guys just try to do whatever they can to show off. So it's one of those cool things. But you don't really see stuff like that so often in the NHL. You know, you'll see the flashy between the leg uh, goals and passes, stuff like that. But I haven't, I don't remember the last time I've seen a player do something like that. Uh, so that was very impressive. And that, that kind of what set up the, the goal on this play for Fedotenko. Um, it allowed LeCavier to pass the puck out to the blue line, uh, to the point. And I believe there was a shot on net where Fedotenko, uh, grabbed hold of the rebound on the shot and just jammed it home, giving the lightning a one nothing lead seven, 10 into the first period. So, you know, especially after losing game one, um, and in your own building, uh, it's kind of, and you know, especially after that, that, that first goal of the game, that's kind of a deflating feeling. Um, a little backstory into this game as well. Uh, Dan Boyle, defenseman for the Tampa Bay lighting, um, his house actually didn't really burn down, but his house, he had a fire in his house during game one. I wasn't, I don't think he was really aware of it during the game, of course, but you know, they discussed it, uh, on the broadcast prior to the game. And it was one of those things where, you know, I don't care who you are, if you're a professional athlete or you're a regular guy like me and you, you know, it's, it has to be some sort of, you know, of a distraction or kind of, you know, just like difficult situation to be with where, you know, you're in the middle of, you know, probably one of the biggest games of your life, uh, biggest series of your, your professional career. And, you're you now you have to worry about where you're going to sleep the next day. But apparently um, it wasn't that big of a deal The they, they stated that um, the Tampa Bay front office was, you know, helping out Dan Boyle, which is, you know, it's always great to see and always great to hear that, you know, the front office taking care of their players and really helping out these guys. So that was great to see. And they just they said um, they, they spoke to coach Don, John Tortorella for the game. And he said, you know, the all Dan has to worry about right now is playing hockey and because everything else is going to be taken care of him, taken care of for him. So that, that was good to hear. Um, granted, you know, this took, took place more than 16 years ago. So of course everything worked out for the better, but that was one of the storylines. Some of the things that, you know, I'm sure not a lot of people remember about that series, of course, but, and you know, Dan Boyle scored a goal in this game as well. So, you know, of course he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was distracted at all. Uh, and then, you know, really no action in the second period. Um, you know, just back and forth, rough and tumble, gritty hockey, um, just like game one. Um, and that's the really thing I, that's the one thing I really enjoyed about these two games thus far. And I'm sure it's just going to get better from there is the style of hockey being played. Uh, it looked like a track race up and down the ice and yeah, granted these, the penalties in this game, uh, especially in these two first two games, like really you know, kind of killed the momentum any team ha was having on the rushes. Um, I believe there were six penalties in the first period of game two, which is absolutely ridiculous. I think there was, so I said there was 11 in game one. So there, there was a total of, I want to say 30 penalties in the game. That's absolutely ridiculous. Granted, you know, there was, uh, two fighting majors at the end of this game. Um, and that's even surprising in itself. You know, you never see really uh, fights happening in the NHL during the playoffs or the Stanley Cup finals. So that just gives you an idea of what how the game was played back then, even in 2004. Um, you know, how much the game has changed since then. Uh, so, you know, uh, just looking at the penalties now, let's let's just let's just list them off a little bit. Um, as I'm talking about them. So obviously you have your standard interference, you know, the boarding, the hooking. High sticking, 
the, the you know the the regular uh, too many men on the ice. But then you get down a little bit, and then you see fighting instigator, which you don't really see get called. And then you see uh, there was a game, there was a couple of game misconducts at the end of this game, which is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, um, and then the thing that you you also sticks out to me when you're looking at the stats of this game is uh, the number of shots. Once again, Calgary not really throwing a lot of shots on net, 19 total, where Tampa Bay was just ripping them any chance they got, 31 total. So yeah, it's obviously right now if you know you're sizing up the series, um, you know you have two similar but still very different styles of hockey. Uh, being played. And I'll get into that in just a little bit to end the show. But yeah, so uh, going into the third period, uh, Brad Richards scored a goal 251 into the third to make it 2 nothing Lightning. And that's when kind of like the, the flood floodgates kind of opened up a little bit. Granted, this game uh, ended up being 4-1, the same score as game one as well. But that it kind of things kind of started to really sway in favor of the Lightning after this point. You know, you kind of through the first couple of periods of hockey, even though the Lightning were up one nothing, you kind of felt just with the way the physical style of play and, you know, uh, Calgary having a, a prolific score, goal scorer in Jerome McGinley at that time, you know, you, you really were, it's one of those games where I've, I've kind of used this kind of phrase or description in the past to talk about past games this year is that, you know, you were just waiting for Calgary to do something. You were just waiting for the other team to do something eventually. Uh, not saying that you weren't having any faith in your team at all in that moment in time to kind of keep the score or, you know, improve upon it. It was just the way the game was being played. You know, granted, yeah, uh, Calgary had a total of 19 shots in this game, but at the same time, they were, you wouldn't have just, you wouldn't have known it by the score at the end of the game, but Calgary was very physical. There was times during the game where they were really, you know, laying the body on Tampa and really dominating uh, certain aspects of the game, um, fighting for the puck on the board, stuff like that. But yeah, Lightning kept up with them. They played that stereotypical John Tortorella style of hockey, blocking pucks, laying the body, really relying on their defense, which, you know, if you've watched, uh, if you've kept up with John Tortorella throughout his coaching career, you know, with him being the coach of Tampa and then him going to New York and now him in Columbus, you know, a lot of these teams play the same style of hockey. So, um, you know, it's, it's just his trademark. You know, he, he seemed, he plays a very defensive oriented first hockey. And that's, I think what really went a long way with, um, for the lightning in this series and thus far in these two games is that even though the lightning ended up tying the series one, one through two games, um, they, they, their defense was very good regardless of how many goals they gave up in the first period. So yeah. And then after the Brad Richards goal, uh, which actually extended his point streak to five game, five games at that point, uh, you had a goal from Dan Boyle. Like I previously said, you know, a lot of, the, the off ice things that he was dealing with at that point, that was good to see him score a goal. And that's his second of the playoffs. And then he got Marty St. Louis um, with his seventh on the power play. And I've stressed in the past, you know, with the current lightning team and, you know, I'll just bring it up now, 16 years later that, you know, it's regardless of the, the, the score or whatever it is, it's always good to see. It's always a positive thing to see power play goal, you know, taking advantage of, those those opportunities when they come even though this goal did make the game four nothing um being up three nothing with you know still so much time left in the game there was about after the dan boyle 
goal, there was still 16 minutes left in the period. So, you know, that's more than enough time for Calgary to kind of go on a little run and, you know, get a couple of quick ones and maybe score a third one quickly to kind of to make the game even again and maybe force into overtime or even win it at that point. So it was good to see that the Lightning didn't hold back. They didn't, you know, sit back and just try and run out the clock at that point. They they kept the, the, the foot on the gas and, you know, and they scored the goal in the power play from, you know, uh, one of the one of the great hockey players in Lightning history, and that's Marty St. Louis. So it was, you know, this this so far this uh, watching these two games has been really a blast uh, a blast from the past. Seeing you know v- Vinny Lecavier and Marty St. Louis play in in Lightning ho- hockey jerseys again together with Brad Richards, you know, it, it's actually absolutely incredible. I'm having a great time thus far. Uh, not only watching these games, but recapping them. And so what I'm going to try and do going forward in the week um, to end out the week, I'm going to try and recap two games um, at a time, just like I did in this episode. So tomorrow I'll be recapping games three and four. And then after six and five, and then the day after I will discuss game seven. And then maybe if there's enough time, um, I will discuss, you know, my favorite hockey game of all time, which is the 2010 gold medal game in Vancouver in the Olympics between Team USA and Team Canada. So, yeah, so uh, just to end the episode, just to summarize what we talked about. So, Lightning, uh, even the series at at one, going back to Calgary for game three. um, This is actually, uh, I found a cool stat online that, the Stanley Cup Finals would be the last until 2013 to be tied after two games, um, which is absolutely, you know, it's it's very it's a very strange that you know expect with the level of play happening um, that you know there would be there would have been some times where uh, between then till 2013 that there would have been you know maybe a one one tie going into Game Three, but you know what that's the way things turned out. Um, but that just proves to you you know how important. Um, evening the series after game two is, especially if you if you're the team that's gone down in game one. So yeah, um, that we'll we'll talk about more about that tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how the Lightning fare in game three in Calgary on the road. So that's been it for today's episode. Um, if you're trying to celebrate St. Patty's Day today, um, just be safe. Obviously, you know a lot of uh, places, a lot of bars and restaurants are closed due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Uh, my advice, just be safe. Um, just, you know, relax. Uh, there'll be plenty more opportunities going forward once things get back to normal and just go out there with positive attitude every day. You know, things will get better. Don't try to panic. Um, and always remember, no matter if there's no sports on, there'll always be Locked On Lightning. So that's it for Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Have a good one. I'll see you tomorrow.